Welcome to Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 6 of The Christian's Daily Walk by Henry Scudder. Yet, for the present, no. All the fruit you will reap from unbelieving fears and distrusts doubts of success, etc., will be nothing else but a further degree of vexation of heart. For all the anxiety in the world cannot bring good success. Besides, nothing provokes the Lord to give ill success sooner than when you nourish distrustful care. Secondly, consider the power and faithfulness of God, who has taken care of the success of your labor upon himself, commanding you not to care, but to cast all the care on him, First Peter 5, 7. If you would rest upon this, you might be secure of good success in your outward state, even according to your desire. Or else God will more than recompense the want thereof by causing you to thrive and to have good success in spiritual things, which is much better, and which you should desire much more. Number four, a fourth caution to be observed in your preparation to prayer and in prayer is, be not slight and formal herein, which is, when cursorily and out of custom, only you call your sins, your duties, God's favors, and his promises into a bare and fruitless remembrance. For if the heart be not seriously affected with anger, fear, grief, and shame for sin, and if it be not affected with a thankful acknowledgement of being beholden to God for his favors. Moreover, if it be not affected with hope and confidence in God at the remembrance of his blessed promises, and if withal the heart be not gained to a renewed resolution to reform what is faulty and to cry earnestly to God for grace and mercy, and for the time to come, to endeavor to live a godly life. All your preparation is nothing. Nay, this slight and fruitless calling of sin and duty to remembrance, and no more, is a great emboldener and strengthener of sins, and a great weakener and quencher of the Spirit. For sins are like to idle vagrants, and lawless subjects. If officers call such before them and either say nothing to them or only give them threatening words but do not smite them and make them smart, they grow ten times more bold, insolent, and lawless. Good thoughts are like to dutiful servants and loyal subjects, such as are ready to come at every call and offer themselves to be employed in all good services. 
Now, if such be not entertained with suitable regard, if they be not cherished in their readiness, they, like David's people, return disheartened, and their edge to future service is taken off. Second Samuel 19.3 Besides, this cursory performing of holy duties is the highway to a habit of hypocrisy, that accursed bane of all that is good. 5. My last caution is that if in your meditations and in your prayers you find a dullness and want of spirituality, I would have you to be humbled in the sense of your impotency and infirmity. Yet, be not discouraged nor give them over, but rather betake yourself to these duties with more diligence and earnestness. When you want water, your pump being dry, you by pouring in a little water and much labor in pumping can fetch water. So, by much laboring the heart in preparation and by prayer, you may recover the gift of prayer, Luke eleven thirteen. And as when your fire is out, by laying on fuel and by blowing the spark remaining, you kindle it again, so by meditation you stir up the grace that is in you, Second Timothy 1, 6 and by the breath of prayer, may revive and inflame the spirit of grace and prayer in you. Yet if you find that you have not time to prepare by meditation, or having done so, if you find a confusion and distraction in your meditation, then it will be best to break through all hindrances and without further preparation, attend to the duty of prayer, only with premeditation of God to whom, and of Christ by whom, through the Spirit, you must pray. If for all this you do not find satisfaction in these holy exercises, yet give them not over. For God is many times best pleased with your services when, through an humble sense of your failings, you are displeased with yourself for them. Yet more, if when you have wrestled and striven with God and your own heart in prayer, you are forced to go halting away with Jacob. Genesis thirty-two, twenty-five to 31 in the sense of your infirmities. Yet be not discouraged, for it is a good sign that you have prevailed with God as Jacob did. 32 Genesis, verse 28. God uses, when he is overcome by prayer, to work in them that do overcome some sense of weakness, to let them know that they prevail with him in prayer, not by any strength of their own or by any worthiness of their prayer when they have prayed best, but from the goodness of God's free grace, from the worthiness of Christ's intercession, by whom they offer up their prayers 
and from the truth of his promise made unto them that pray. If it were not thus, many, when they have their heart's desire in prayer, would ascribe all to the goodness of their prayers and not to the free grace of God and would be proud of their own strength, which, in truth, is none at all. Chapter 3. Directions for walking with God in the progress of the day. Section 1. When you have thus begun the day in prayer by yourself, seeking peace with God through Jesus Christ and craving his gracious presence to be with you and for you that day. You must then conscientiously, according to the nature of the day, be it one of the six days or the Lord's day, apply yourself to the business of that day, whether it be in acts of religion or of your personal calling or in any other works belonging unto you, as you are superior or inferior in family, church, or commonwealth, doing all as in God's sight. And because all lawful business is sanctified by the word and prayer, 1 Timothy 4, 5. And it is part of your calling, if you are master of a family, to govern your children and servants in the fear of God and to teach them to live godly. Therefore, it is your duty to take the fittest time in the morning to call them together and pray with them. Before which prayer, it will be profitable to read the scriptures in order with due reverence, taking all opportunities in fit times to instruct them in the principles of religion, often pressing the word upon them. Deuteronomy 6, 7. If it be a working day, with cheerfulness and diligence, attend to the work of your particular calling. For whosoever hath no calling, whereby he may be profitable to the society of man in family, church, or commonwealth, or having a lawful calling, doth not follow it. He lives inordinately, 2 Thessalonians 3, 10 and 11. God never made any man for play or to do nothing. And whatever a man doth, he must do it by virtue of his Christian calling, receiving warrant from it, else he cannot do it in faith, without which no man can please God, Hebrews eleven six. Besides, whosoever is called to Christianity has no way to heaven but by walking with God in his personal and particular calling, as well as in his general calling, first Corinthians seven, seventeen through twenty four. One, that you may do this, be sure that the thing whereabout you labor either with head or hand, be lawful and good. Two, be diligent and industrious, Ephesians 4.28. For the sluggard 
An idle person desireth, but has nothing, but the diligent hand maketh rich. Proverbs 10.4 3. Let there be truth, plainness, and equity in all your dealings with men. Proverbs 10.4 Circumvent and defraud no man. 1 Thessalonians 4.6 Make not your own gain the weight and measure to trade by. I will propose to you sealed weights and rules according to which you must converse with all men. Number one, consider your neighbor's good as well as your own. Weigh impartially with yourself. What proportionable advantage in common estimation your neighbor is like to have for that which you receive of him? For you must love your neighbor as yourself. Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine. In whatsoever you have to do with men, you must not look only to your own advantage, but to the benefit also of your neighbor. Philippians 2, 4. Observe, therefore, the royal law, the standard of all equity in this kind. Whatsoever you, with a rectified judgment and honest heart, would that men should do unto you, do you even so unto them. For this is the law and the prophets, Matthew seven twelve. Number two, be watchful that you let not slip your opportunities of lawful advantage, Proverbs 6, 6 through 8. <clears throat> and take heed lest in these evil times you be circumvented by fraud, and falsehood, and be ensnared by unnecessary suretyship. Proverbs eleven fifteen, twenty two twenty six, six one through six. Whereas in every calling there is a mystery, and for the most part each calling and condition of life has its special sin or sins, which the devil and custom, for gain or credit's sake, amongst evil men have made to seem lawful, yea, have put a kind of necessity upon it, which cannot be shunned without exposing a man's self to censure. Look narrowly, therefore, by the light of God's word and by experience to find out that or those sins and then be as careful to avoid them. This concludes episode six of Henry Scudder's The Christian's Daily Walk.